name is Amber, and I am nine years old. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he made us to be who we really are. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus, and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world, and the hope of living with him forever, so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else, and why he wants you to join him. friends, Alicia Yoder here on another episode of the Jesus is Better podcast. How are you feeling today? Maybe you're listening to this and you feel angry about something your brother or sister did, or a decision your parents made. Maybe you're sad about something, or nervous, or excited, or just happy to be on summer vacation. However you're feeling right now, Jesus is so ready to hear about it. He feels happy and sad and angry and excited, just like us, even though he's never done anything wrong and knows everything. And he can help us know what to do with our feelings as we talk with him about them, whether we need to forgive someone or ask for his forgiveness or know that he just wants to sit and cry with us. So let me pray for us as we begin. Jesus, thank you for caring about whatever is going on inside us right now. Would you teach us whatever you want to today and let us enjoy our friendship with you even more? Amen. Okay, so last week, we talked about David's chance to kill King Saul when Saul went into the very cave David and his men were hiding in. But David decided that he wouldn't hurt the man that the Lord had anointed to be king and would keep waiting for God to fulfill his promise to make David king. David also chose to listen to a woman named Abigail when Abigail's husband Nabal was mean to them, and David wanted to punish him and his whole family. He decided not to hurt them, and just a few days later, God struck Nabal and he died. After that, the Ziphites came again to Saul and said, David is hiding on the hill of Hekelah. So Saul traveled with 3,000 men of Israel to search for David there. He camped beside the road, but David stayed in the desert. When he found out Saul had come, David set out and found the place where Saul had camped. Saul was lying inside the camp with the army laying down all around him. David asked Ahimelech and Abishai, Who will go down into the camp with me to Saul? I'll go with you, Abishai said. So they went to the army that night and found Saul sleeping with his spear stuck in the ground near his head. His commander and the other soldiers were lying around him. Abishai said, God has given your enemy into your hands. Let me pin him to the ground with my spear. 
I won't have to strike twice. But David said, Don't destroy him. Who can attack the Lord's anointed and not be guilty? The Lord himself will strike him. Either his time will come to die, or he will die in battle. But I will not lay a hand on him. Now get his spear and water jug near his head, and let's go. No one saw them or woke up, because the Lord had put the army into a deep sleep. Then David stood on top of a hill and called out to Saul's commander, Aren't you going to answer me? The commander replied, Who are you who calls the king? David said, Who is like you in all Israel? Why didn't you guard the king? Someone came to destroy him, so you and your men deserve to die because you didn't protect him. Look around. Where are the king's spear and water jug that were near his head? Saul recognized his voice and said, Is that you, David, my son? David replied, Yes, my king. Why are you coming after me? What did I do wrong? If the Lord has sent you against me, may he accept an offering. But if men are doing it, may they be cursed. I've had to leave my land. So don't shed my blood far from the Lord's presence. The king has come to look for a flea, like someone hunting a bird in the mountains. Saul said, I've sinned. Come back, David, my son. I have made a big mistake and will not harm you again, because you saw my life as precious. Here is your spear, David answered. Let one of your young men come and get it. The Lord rewards those who are righteous and faithful. He put you in my hands, but I would not hurt the Lord's anointed. Since I valued your life, may the Lord value my life and deliver me from all trouble. Saul said, May you be blessed, David. You will do great things and triumph. And he returned home. But David thought, One of these days Saul is going to destroy me. I'd better escape to the land of the Philistines, so Saul will give up searching for me. So David and his six hundred men left and went to the king of Gath, named Achish. David and his men brought their families, and when Saul found out where David had gone, he quit searching for him. David said to King Achish, Could I live in one of your country towns? Achish gave him the town of Ziklag, and he lived with the Philistines a year and four months. David and his men would go out to attack other towns and brought the animals to Achish. When Achish asked, Where did you go today? David would tell him the name of an Israelite town instead of the other nations he really went to fight. Achish thought, David will be my servant forever, because his people must hate him now. When the Philistines gathered their army to fight against Israel, Achish said to David, You and your men must join my army. David said, 
Then you'll be able to see what I can do. And Akish said, Okay, you can be my bodyguard for life. When Saul gathered his army and saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. And the Lord didn't speak to him by dreams or the prophets. Samuel was dead, and Saul has sent, had sent away all the mediums and spiritists who were in the land. So Saul said to his men, Find a woman who is a medium, so I can ask her what to do. There is one in Endor, they said. So Saul disguised himself and took two men and went to the woman at night. Bring up the spirit of the person I name. But the woman said, You know what Saul has done. He has sent away all the mediums and spiritists. So why are you trying to trap me so that I will be killed? Saul said, As surely as God is alive, you will not be punished. Then the woman said, Who do you want me to bring up? Bring up Samuel, Saul said. When she did, she cried out at the top of her voice, Why have you tricked me? You are Saul! Saul said, Don't be afraid. Tell me what you see. The woman said, I see the spirit of an old man wearing a robe. Saul knew it was Samuel and bowed to the ground. Samuel said to Saul, Why have you bothered me and brought me up? I'm in great trouble, Saul said. The Philistines are fighting me, and God won't answer me by prophets or dreams. So I want you to tell me what to do. Samuel said, Why are you asking me, now that the Lord has turned away from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done what he said through me. He's torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to David because you didn't obey him. The Lord will let the Philistines defeat you and your army, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Immediately Saul fell spread out on the ground because of what Samuel said. He was full of fear and had no strength because he hadn't eaten all day and night. The woman said, Look, I've done what you asked, risking my life. Now please, eat some food so that you can have strength to leave. Saul said, I can't eat. But his men convinced him, and she killed her fattened calf and cooked it and made some bread, and they ate. Then Saul and his two men left. Do you ever wish you could know the future? Like maybe what job you'll end up doing, who you'll end up marrying, or where you'll live? Or maybe you want to know how something next week will turn out when you go to a sports camp or on a trip with your family. I've had lots of times in my life when I just wanted to know what would happen next. And Jesus had to remind me that even though he wasn't going to tell me about how things would turn out, he wanted to walk with me each day until we got there.
he said that when I try to imagine what the future will look like and start to get scared, I'm not able to picture Jesus there too, helping me and showing me what to do next. He also reminded me of a verse from the Lord's Prayer that I can pray instead, saying, Father, I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done in my life and in the life of my family. I'm feeling scared right now, but I want to hear you and obey today and believe that you will be with me and show me what to do tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. When David went into Saul's camp with Saul's army fast asleep around him, he had another chance to kill Saul and see if that would make it easier to become the king. But instead, he kept waiting patiently, fleeing Saul and trusting that God would make him king at the right time. He chose to live with his enemies to avoid Saul, tricking them by making them think he was fighting against his own people when really he was fighting other enemies. For a year and four months, David continued to trust that God hadn't forgotten him, even though he didn't know how everything would turn out. He felt scared sometimes, but knew God was with him and would show him what needed to happen next. Because Saul had rejected God, he had no power against his fear and anxiety. Every time he made a decision, he ended up looking for help in places that could only bring more fear and uncertainty. Rather than turning completely back to God, he chose to try and find out the future from a medium who talked to the powers of darkness instead of God. God allowed Samuel's spirit to show up and talk to Saul, but Samuel only reminded him that his kingdom would be torn away and told him that he would die the next day. When we get scared, we have it so much better than Saul or even David. Because Jesus lived a life of obeying his father perfectly when he was on earth and took the punishment for all our wrong choices and sins, he can give that perfect record to us too. When we ask Jesus to be our king, we never have to be afraid that he won't answer us or want to help us. The problem comes when we just try to handle our feelings on our own or try to be strong on our own or trust that we're smart enough or that someone else can fix our problems for us without Jesus' help. It will never bring the feeling of safety we're looking for. But when we bring our fears and feelings to Jesus, just saying, Jesus, I feel this way right now, and I need your help. He can speak to us in all kinds of ways, like reminding us of a Bible verse about him, or putting an idea or picture in our mind, or giving us a feeling of comfort and peace, or helping us to remember a song about him, or sending a word of encouragement through our parents or a friend. 
he can also give us confidence in him because we'll know that he's with us, surrounding us better than a sleeping army. He might lead us to do things that feel scary, like talking to someone who looks lonely or going to a new school or trying out a new activity. But he can also give us creative ideas to know what to do when something new comes. He wants us to be his partners in his kingdom, his helpers, sharing his love and truth and kindness with those around us. And we can keep praying for those who don't know Jesus' love for them and haven't asked him to be their king so that their future won't be filled with darkness, but instead filled with light like ours. Because no matter what happens, Jesus is going to be with us and walk with us all the way until we celebrate our friendship with him on the new heavens and earth forever and ever, where we will have even more exciting things to learn and do with him. Let's pray. King Jesus, thank you for knowing what will happen in the future and walking with us each new day. Would you help us to talk with you about each fear we face and know how you're inviting us to be your helpers today? We love you. Amen. Okay, friends, I'll talk to you next time.